Why ain't you up and running again? I'm in despair. The physical damage is repairable, but the psychic wound may be permanent. You ever been beaten, Merrick? Once, when I thought I had the smallpox, Doc Cochran slapped me in the face. Stop it, Al. Are you dead? Well, I'm in pain, but no, I'm obviously not dead. But obviously you didn't fucking die when the doc slapped you. No. So, including last night, that's three fucking damage incidents that didn't kill you. Pain or damage don't end the world. Or despair or fucking beatings. The world ends when you're dead. Until then, you got more punishment in store. Stand it like a man and give some back. Miriam Tazi in the house. Hi, Malcolm Riddle. Ooh. Hi, Malcolm Riddle. Come on. Hey. Come Hel- on. Hello, Malcolm. What's up with you, Miriam Tazi? Huh? You got a little ring rust? Yeah, it's been a long time again, I feel like. We keep going down the same road, huh? Well, we're busy. Like an episode of Westworld, huh? We're in a loop. I don't want to be a part of Westworld. No, well, you are. How do you know you're not? That's true, actually. Huh? <laughs> How would know. you know? If it is, some programmers, some programmers playing a very cruel joke on me. You know what I mean? I, I need to upgrade. Yeah. You know, I, I need a better character. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It'd be nice if you couldn't remember the past. What do you mean? Just to be like wiped out? Maybe. I don't know. <clears throat> Maybe. It's like it's like the uh, the the AI said. I mean, you wanna you want to retain that. You want to retain that feeling. Well, I guess you want to remember the mis- the mistakes you made so that you can learn from them. That makes sense, sort of. Yeah, you you gotta taste it. You gotta taste it to grow. And welcome to another episode of American Riddle. Uh, she's rolling her eyes, people. Yeah, because he's winking at me. <laughs> I don't know why. She but loves I'm getting it. Getting winks. Yeah. Creepy something. winks. No. See. Now you, <laughs> you see this. <laughs> that's what I gotta deal with. Huh? Not just a wink, but a creepy wink. Well, you know, it's an intense wink. God damn it! My winks look better than that. <laughs> Anywho, <sighs> thanks for tuning in to another episode of American Riddle. And yes, yes, we are back. I know we've been uh, keeping you in limbo. Mm. Those of you that listen, let me pot this down a little bit. I'm going to try to get back on. Uh, why is this one up? That's something else. Let me turn this down. I, yeah, I'd like to. I was thinking about that when I was driving in. I'd like to get back on a schedule, try to get on a schedule where it's weekly uh, again. But as I said before in the last podcast, I don't really feel a need at this moment Uh to be weekly, but I, but you know, in a, in the world of podcasting and quote unquote building an audience, if that's your goal to build an audience, yeah, uh, consistency is paramount. Yeah, but also we get into like a routine of like getting used to doing it and stuff. Like now, I feel like it's yeah, get in where we fit in. Kind, yeah, but also I just you know I kind of lose like just the habit of doing it. You know what I mean? You got to exercise that muscle. Right, and I haven't been. Yeah, you got to so exercise. I'm just kind of like, David, David, David. No, you got to, you got to, yeah. No, it's true. So. Yeah, it's true. Getting used to hearing your own voice and stuff. Mm, mm, mm. It's kind of weird. You're back, though. You got the headphones on, turned down super low because you got like bionic ears. Yeah, I have good ears. Great ears. <laughs> I don't even know how. I got to turn mine up to 20. Uh yeah, no, it is. It's definitely an exercise, uh, something you have to exercise uh, just to... I don't even remember what we talked about on the last podcast. That was a good idea. Was it I the think. Trump one? I don't know. But, I mean, that's the whole point of me opening the show with the Deadwood clip, is that there are a lot of people running around right now. And, you know, the people are upset. I get it. You're passionate, right? You're worried. You're concerned. But there are people just blaming anything and everything on, oh, it's Trump. It's the right wing. It's the left wing. It's, you know what I mean? It's just... Yeah, but it goes back to saying how, you know, people always need an enemy, you know. They do. So. I do say that 
at the same time, though, we have to be careful that we don't make mountains out of molehills. Well, that and yeah, that and and we're not making you know an enemy out of our neighbors, our brothers, our sisters. You know what I mean? We we want to be That's careful. Already happened. Of course, it, it well they're, the media is playing on that. It, it sells it sells oh, space, the media man. Is the I mean, media. Yeah, it, 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 everyone's glued to the news for this or the other. But, you know, if you're that passionate, like Madonna said something the other day about being ashamed to be an American and all that. What, what the fuck are you ashamed for? She doesn't for? fucking live here anymore anyway. So it, no, my point care? is, but any, I hear a lot of people say stuff. I'm ashamed. I see it in Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. You're ashamed. If, leave if you're ashamed. You shouldn't be ashamed. You should be engaged. If you we and we talked about this on the last podcast, uh, you know, if you're if you're that passionate and that upset, do something about it. Don't wait to the big show. You know what I mean? Don't wait to the big show. Yeah, people and, are lazy and they love to complain. Of course they do. Of course they do. Uh, at the same time, I just feel that if if you are that engaged and I mean, if you're that passionate, uh, you know, about the results. Or anything in life, you need to execute. You need to do something about it. Like the, the, if you're if you're concerned about if Madonna's that concerned, how many people did she gather from her millions of followers on Instagram or Twitter? How many people did she engage and go door to door with? How many people did she get buses to make sure that they went to the you know the the, no, the she their just polling promoted that she was voting. And I mean to their voting. Vote. Uh, locations to make sure. Yeah, they they That's don't it. do it. Yeah, because they're 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 basically Lazy. waiting on someone else to do it, and, it, and and then they assume that someone is a shoe in to be assuming is the never a good the, thing. the president or whatever whatever they're running for. No, you don't. Well, Remember when I told you I was like, we you didn't see, um, you know, boots on the street. Hillary uh, uh, Hillary's campaign was in campaign in this area. In the Fairfax County, Northern Virginia area, till maybe a couple, few weeks leading up into the election. Mm-hmm. You I mean, I did mean? get phone calls and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, that stuff. Uh, okay, let's just, I don't want to talk about politics too much, but the next election starts started yesterday, okay? People should be organizing, but more importantly, they should be organizing within their community. And, and for the state and uh, local elections. And, and then leading up to the big show, if you're going to, it, it, to to truly understand the system, you have to start in the <clears throat> grassroots portion of it. I mean, it's just you have to start on the on the on the state and local level. People don't make the time for that, unfortunately. They're not going to no, because everybody's caught up in their bubble. When that little mm-hmm. bubble explodes, all hell breaks loose. You know, like it, it, was it uh, you know the the flag burning and oh yeah, Trump said you should spend time in jail because uh, someone burned a flag. Well, Clinton said the same thing. A year before, they all are in cahoots. They all say the same thing, but we're focused. At least, if you if you turn on the quote unquote mainstream media, we're so focused on what's being presented, and you know it's it, it's a lot of fucking uh, as uh, Joe Biden would say, malarkey. <laughs> it's a lot of that, a lot of a lot of BS. So I mean, if you're if like I said, I, I understand why people are passionate. Both sides, you know what I mean. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's going to be hard for people to accept. It still is. It is obviously. difficult and, 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 and people should be concerned, but I mean, be proactive, you know, be proactive, do something about it, make a change. If you're used to, you know, you, you going out and putting a, a freaking sticker on your, on your, I voted. No, but how many other people did you call up that day? How many other people did you drive to the, how many people did you go out and, and, and knock on door? People aren't, you know, they're not. They're not doing that. They're not. At least none I know. Yeah. No, people are not volunteering to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> that's what we have to do. We have to get engaged no matter what side you're on. But at the end of the day, we have to, we, we have to really think about our culture as one. You know I mean? All this stuff about being divided and, uh, you know, that sells tickets. That sells commercial space. That sells, uh, um, that sells uh, the, the, you know, someone, that's all the difference in uh, CNN or whomever being number one in the ratings. You know what I mean? That's, that's money. So, you know, everyone I mean, you has to say that ad- about a lot of things, you know, just as one, we're a human race, you know what I mean? Just greed. The, that the world is one instead of different countries and borders, oh, et cetera. You know what I mean? Man. I mean, if you look at it on a bigger scale. 
but like but I said, that's a big problem. Nobody really does that. Like I said before, I mean, even before the election results, I said it doesn't matter who wins. I even tweeted it, talked about it with you offline, and 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 may have talked about it on the podcast. But so like I said, one thing's for sure: we're going to get some 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 class A. Uh, art out of all this madness. Doesn't matter if it was Clinton or whether it was, uh, you know, like uh, Trump, president elect. You know, you're going to get some 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 great uh, writers, films, music. Uh, that will be sh- therapeutic for people. Yeah. You, well, you also have to look at the the big picture too. I mean, you're going to get other people that are inspired to actually run for office or to invest their time. The downside. So. The downside out is if. This administration, you know, makes a wrong and and many even even the present administration made wrong turns where it cost lives, whether it was people that served in the armed forces or whether it was somebody whose family got wiped out by a by a drone. You know what I mean? Uh, People. the, the, The ultimate price has been and will continue to be paid. Uh, I mean, you look at, uh, in, you know, in the past, um, you know, it, people were talking about infrastructure, infrastructure. You know, it's like, what are they talking about? You know, I mean, that same infrastructure, when you start building bridges, yeah, that's good. But if you're building bridges to separate the urban community, the people that live there, not just black people, but people of all color, white, black, everyone, when you separate that, it's been done, it's documented, where it makes it difficult for them to actually get to the side of town to have the job to support their family, mm-hmm. and it isolates them. This has been done. I mean, this is, uh, you know, it's, it's, cr- it's madness when you, when you look at the past and where we're at now. Very few things have changed. You know, a couple names, a couple names have changed, you know what I mean? And, and that's for the better, but we, we, we really need to... Uh, we really need to be proactive and do something about it. And, 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 you know, then you got other people, both left and right, complaining about protesting. And pro, pro, I'm, a, I'm a fan of protesting. I really am. It, it does change things. You have to be proactive. I had the hopes that it would, but I just don't really... doesn't happen overnight. I get that, but a good example is when Bush, I guess, Jr., was um, president and the Iraqi war and everything. I just didn't think it was like seen as a joke. You know, I feel like some of the politicians are just laughing at it, you know, like, Oh, look what these people are trying to do. And it's like, it doesn't have the same impact as it used to have or that it has in other countries. No, so, but you have to, but you there have... needs to be more of a consequence. Like in Europe, for example, in France, when they do that, it's like called a grève. So they just like all transportation, they all gather and they just don't go to work. And so people can't, yeah. And so people can't go to work because they take public transportation. So it actually affects, you know, the rich people or whatever, whoever. You you hit them in the pockets. You hit them where it hurts, and that's 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 what you should do. And 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 I didn't even wasn't even thinking about that. I did have a conversation about this yesterday with a group of people I work with. But I believe this is something in a direction that we should take because. This this bubble that we've created of, of prosperity and where this before Trump, remember everyone used to complain about being politically correct and everything, you know, the, the, from children being awarded trophies, whether they win or lose. But now all of a sudden everything shifted. Right. Mm-hmm. And things are definitely not politically correct, uh, which is which is fine, too. I mean, you know where you stand. But uh, if you're going to protest your i think that your uh your 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 strategy today with everyone no matter what side you're on it's got to be focused on that which you just mentioned yeah it can't just be just gathering you know and just complaining it needs to be actually have some sort of impact that will affect you know something a little bit greater than that not just the amount of people you know like that doesn't really and comp- when you compare the amount of people that were in the streets of New York, for example, compared on a bigger scale, it's still not that that many people, you know? Um, yes, it was in a few cities and things like that, in major cities, and there were still a significant amount of people protesting, but it's really about, like, the consequences of that, you know, actually making something happen because of it, not just gathering. You can gather and complain, 
but and you know voice your opinion but if no one's listening you know and it doesn't actually affect the people that can make a change they're not going to do anything about it if it doesn't affect them on a personal level you know or on a on their in their pocket like you said so I just I don't think it has the same effect as it used to. Well, um, no, I don't. I don't. I, I I have to disagree there because I think that people just don't. Uh, they're not committed for the long haul because we've we've grown into an age where everything is so instant. Mm-hmm. We think that 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 uh, uh, that outcome, the reward, or whatever the goal is that we have in uh, in mind, is going to uh, reveal itself. Uh, you know, within. Maybe that protest or a right. week or two weeks or, or a month. No, you got to be in it for the long haul. I mean, the whole civil rights movement, they were in it for the long haul, and the cost was its greatest. Yeah. Blood. We lost leaders. We lost, we lost mothers. We lost fathers. We lost sons. We lost daughters. You know what I mean? Blood was shed, you know? Yeah. All the way up, up you know... To the highest of high, yeah. it didn't didn't matter. It did not discriminate, and that's the commitment. And I think that's the commitment that may be missing. Mm-hmm. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I mean, you, you look at everyone in, in in that from that era. Uh, but like I said, the reason why I say the protest matters. I, I told you the story about this around Thanksgiving. Uh, the neighborhood where my mother resides. It's a very old neighborhood, and, and many many moons ago. Really wasn't that long ago. I think it was the early '90s or whatever. Uh, my my father uh, and uh, uh, a guy from the neighborhood. My dad, this dude named Charlie Brown. Okay, Charlie Brown is a nickname, of course. I was going to say the real Charlie Brown. No, no, his nick, it was his nickname. <laughs> it was mean on the courts. He was dropping J's. He was Steph Curry before Steph Curry. Okay. Dropping them one after the other. I used to watch them brothers in awe, and they played on dirt. You know what I mean? These courts, they played on dirt at an angle. You know what I mean? (laughs) On a hillside. Straight up. These brothers played real hoop, you know, and uh, be dropping J's. But anyway, uh, back, that was back when I was a child. But but back in the the 90s, these truck drivers used to drive through my my mother's neighborhood at like, and I don't mean truck box trucks. I'm talking about semi, semi Mm -hmm. trucks, semis, semi, right? Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) We'll chalk that up as ring rust. Okay, so, so semis. Yeah, they would come through because there was a lady that lived, um, eh, I don't know, maybe like two doors down. She had a, a, a little uh, market, you know, like a deli market. Yeah. And she sold, you know, cigarettes, beer, everything, you know, just like a little market, right? Truck drivers would stop there, get their beer, get their sandwiches or whatever, uh, cigarettes, and keep it, keep it moving. So it was like a pit stop. Mm-hmm. But it was, for us, it was the neighborhood market. You know, it was just a neighborhood store, so like right, right. there. Uh, but the truck drivers would come through, and they would, you know, some would stop, some wouldn't. But when they would come through that area, to it was like a shortcut uh, to the highway. They would be going fifty-five, sixty miles an hour. And, this is a and, small road. And what would happen is, yeah, what would happen is the uh, the the you know, if you've ever ever been next to a, a, a tractor trailer when it passes by it you shake. and you're walking, yeah, <laughs> it shakes. So my my dad was very concerned because the houses there. Are you know a hundred years old plus? Uh, the area itself is one of the historically is one of the I, I, you know it's, it's one one of the last, as far as I can think of, one of the last few uh, black owned neighborhoods. And that being said, uh, the foundation was in jeopardy because of that amount of traffic at that right. speed. So my, my my dad, I should get him on the phone, um, do an impromptu call. <laughs> and uh he's he, probably busy. Yeah. Yeah. Voicing his opinions on things and Yeah, no changing, doubt. But he he, he you know, he he raised this and he would pick it. He would do it by himself, right? And then he enlisted the help of uh uh Charlie, Charlie Brown. Brown, right? Yeah, Charlie Brown. <laughs> right. There's a whole bunch of Colorful characters <laughs> with AKAs. Of course. AKAs go way back. A minimum of five. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but Charlie Brown would, uh, they would they would protest. And one day they were protesting and these truck drivers rolled up, right? And they had beef. I remember I was watching this shit from afar, me and my boy, Snapper. So Snapper? Snapper? Yeah, Snapper John. <laughs> His real name is John Smith. 
Okay. Right? But we call him Snap, or we call him Snapper, a.k.a. Snapper John, mm-hmm. depending. But the point is, we were, we were watching from afar, right? And we were watching, and they, they had beef, and, and uh, things you know, got a little heated yeah. during the protest, as they do, right? They can, yeah. And a uh, scuffle broke out with, oh. the, with, the, with the truck drivers, straight hmm. up. And I remember Snapper and I, we were cheering, and we were like, oh, snap. You know what I mean? We didn't say snap back then, but it was, yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, shit. Who knows what we said? But the, Oh, the, snap, yeah, Snapper. Was, I remember seeing like a bunch of dust and fists. Oh. And, you know, my old man was, you know, going, you know, blow blow for blow. You know, there was like a, a sign, you know what I mean? The picket sign uh, fell down on the ground. You know, a lot of tussling going on. Hmm. I don't know how long it lasted, It you know, but... It ended and it went to court or whatever, you know, whatever the, the process is. Mm. And they changed the speed limit through there to 25 miles an hour, where you see in a lot of neighborhoods 25 miles an hour. Yeah. But there was a time when it used to be like, you know, a much higher speed limit through local neighborhoods, 35, 45 miles an hour. And then, you know, people usually take the liberty to do 50, 55 or 60. Yeah, but my my point I'm trying to make is two people started with one person protest, and they did this. They, I don't know. I can't remember. I, we'll, we'll get we'll get Sam Riddle back on the phone. Maybe he'll take a stroll down memory lane, um, and uh, uh, tell us the story how long it took. But the point is, through that, it saved the neighborhood. It saved all those houses because who knows what how those foundations would have eroded. And this today is as no- annoying as it is when I'm in my mom's neighborhood. They have a digital 25-mile-an-hour <laughs> sign that will flash if, it, if you go over. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, if you go over, like, 25, it's 26, 27. And if you get to, like, 28 or 29, it turns red. Like, it flashes. And digital. So, yeah, yeah. High that's, tech. But that, that's the point. It, little things like that. And yeah. you, you have to be... You, 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 a you have to recognize that a problem exists and communicate it to the to the people. Um, you know, in, in this case, not many people came out. Like I think people were hating on our family for because of that because it impacted that market's business, mm. and eventually that market closed. And and now to this day, the market it doesn't exist, and there are some houses and townhouses. <clears throat> that uh, are in that space now, you know? Uh, But at the same time, you have to look at, you you have to have a hundred year plan. How is this going to benefit that neighborhood? Now it's, you know, 2016 going into 2017, right? So that saved that foundation of all those homes, looking down the road. And I think that's what people have to do. Instead of focusing on the here and now, what they can get now, they need to be looking at, and I think a lot of people are, looking at their children's children's children. Uh, you have to have a hundred... I think some people, I don't think enough people are, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I think we are so stuck in, like you said, like getting a result. Um, we're expecting a result so quickly, you know, that it's just, it's unrealistic mm-hmm. and they don't stick with it. And the commitment is not there. Um, like to f- the full, the full on commitment to get to the point where you want to be and like actually, and go to court and go through it, you know what I mean? And take the time and, and the energy and to actually like try to make people care and things like people, people are too concerned with their own jobs and paying their bills and et cetera, et cetera, and not losing their job that it's like, they don't really think about the greater good. And we've talked about this before on the podcast, you know? So there are, I'm not saying that no one is like that. I'm saying there are still people out there like that. It's just the mentality has changed a lot. And we're, well, people got, we're people easily are comfortable. Distra- yeah. People are very comfortable. And you've but heard me say this. Man. You've heard me say this time and time again, whether I'm joking or not, but people are soft. They've gotten yeah. comfortable and they've gotten very soft. And now someone... Uh, yeah, but they uh, take it for granted, and, well, you know? Well, this is a wake-up call because now you got someone in there who ran on a platform of fear, whether you voted for him or not. And the fact is, you see all the, all the people that, 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 that lashed out against Trump his own, from his quote-unquote own party. Now they're falling in line out of fear. Some would counter that and say out of respect for the office, but... 
people are fearful because when you're in power, uh, that's gonna, that usually puts people in line, not just uh, the, 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 his fellow uh, Republicans, but also corporations and other countries as well. And, and sometimes you can get a lot done uh, with fear. Um, but we will see. We we don't know, and and hopefully no lives will be claimed or lost, or no epidemics like, you know, AIDS or crack and stuff like that, like that we saw in the eighties uh, uh, with 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 the uh, um, you know everything that was flooded in the hood, you know, for everything from liquor stores to guns, you know, I mean, heroin, uh, crack, all that. I mean, you know. I, I'm no historian, but I, I I lived it, you know. I was there, and and the shit ain't pretty, you know. What I mean? The people that suffer are going to be the young, the old, you know what I mean. The families, uh, the people that uh, don't have the resources, uh, you know. I, one thing's for sure: I believe a lot of people are going to work with Trump and are eager, eager to work with him, uh, President-elect Trump. Uh, and uh, I think he's going to make a lot of people a lot of money. Yeah, uh, you know, he's gonna like make the rich I th- richer. I think so, but that's how shit happens in the hood. That's how shit happens with the poor, and uh, you know, for us, for the people that are in the mix, you know, we have to, we have to protest. We have to hold our our state and local representatives on up to the hierarchy accountable. We have to. It's going to take work. I mean, everything from you know, just like when you see a wrong, write it. It's a simple mathematic. It's no different than when I, I was like, fuck, am I going to work a shift at work or I'm going to go up there and try to clean up something that I'm passionate about, uh, the park that was uh, defaced by swastikas uh, in New York. It's a four-hour drive. It was an easy decision, one of the best things I've ever done one of, the, of this year, one of the best things, one of, so satisfying. Yeah, there was a couple celebrities there. We got to hang out and do some stuff. Could care less about that at the end of the day. The reward of being a part of that um, demonstration rally against hate. I'm not rallying so much against against the president-elect or anything like that, but just hate itself because that is contagious. Yep, ignorance is contagious. Yep. So that's what we have to we have to continue the fight, and you know that's all I have to say about that. I like that you did that. The um, on a side note, you know, I had a conversation with some 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 cats yesterday about uh, I feel within the black community, and it, it's a touchy subject. Might not be the best time to get into it, but I just I really feel that within the black culture and hip hop itself, the hip hop is isn't all black, but if you look at it in a whole collectively. Uh, or any of the, the, the arts and the, 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 the form of entertainment that we've created uh, within the, the black community, uh, we've never been protected. You know what I mean? There are artists that are, that are out there, not just in hip-hop, but in the blues community and rock and roll. What do you mean protected? Protected financially. Mm. We don't own uh, it's very few of us that own anything. If you look at who owns the record labels, I mean, all the Def Jams, and or, or, or you look at all the little small labels, independent labels of the 80s and 90s were sold off back to the Warner Brothers and, and uh, Sony's and places like that. We don't own any of the banks we do business with. You know what I mean? They hold that paper. Where I'm going with this is the conversation I had was – it's a form of separatism, separating yourself from the people that, uh, that um, oppress you, the people that own you. That's the only way to be, is to be as blunt as possible. But you have to own it. You have to buy back. There are enough wealthy people. And I talked about this, I think, last podcast or the podcast before where I kind of hinted on the Kanye West, Lil Wayne. And I'm going to make a separate podcast about that, people. But In the meantime, in between time, this is where the people need to collectively come together and come up with some sort sort of banking system and separate ourselves from the the almost a government within a government. Now there there is a is and Karis one is hinted on that, Uh, and we talked about it on the podcast where if there's a crime committed in hip hop, reach out to your hip hop leaders. You know what I mean? But the more I've thought about that over the weeks kind of believe that man because if you look at 
if you look at hip hop itself or the black community itself, right? Billions of dollars. And this goes back to your point about hitting people, the, 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 the oppressor hitting them where it hurts. Yeah. But we need to take those dollars and, and, and start thinking about not just a, a, a 10-year plan or a 100-year plan, but we need to think about a 1,000-year plan. The Chinese do it. You think they don't have a 1,000, if not a longer plan? This is why they're buying up parts of Detroit. This is why they're buying up Beverly Hills. This is why they're buying up land all over America, all over the world. All over the world. You think that's not strategic? I think the same thing can be saying, said about us. I mean, if you look at any culture, the Jewish community, the Korean community, the Chinese community, uh, the white community, you look at any culture, they invest in themselves. The Saudis. Yes. And, and we have that ability to do so. I don't know if it takes so much to separate uh, in the form of, uh, you know, I'm, uh, separate as in the form of something as, as harsh as a separate government or a separate form of money take bitcoin i don't know enough about bitcoin but i'm fascinated by it and to come up with some sort of digital currency where we buy and sell and trade services within our own community doesn't matter if you're within the hip-hop community black white asian whatever whatever background you come from you're in it but you would use that money i just a crazy thought i had I believe in it, though, and I believe that it should be instituted because there are people losing their homes, there are people uh, um, uh, losing their jobs, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. If I'm having the same problem in the wine industry, right? How, how many years have you known me, and how many of the same issues have you – you've heard me over the past decade, comp- maybe not the full 10, but at least eight of them those years complain about the same issue. Of security and what happens within that conversation? What is the same thing that happens? Someone comes in, right, and decides to make a change. Yeah. Oh, this person's in charge now, so you're going to have to do this or you're going to have to leave. We no longer need you. We're actually taking the portfolio, in, speaking about the wine industry, um, they control it. Yeah. They, they're running things, you know. So it's the same parallel when it comes to. I don't know. The, you could be a farmer, and and that bank, uh, uh, you know, holds holds that whatever you call it, the your lease on your store or or your deed or or whatever have right. you. But I'm uh, not saying that. Let's say if a black owned bank or a hip hop owned, but you would have something to offer back, a service, some sort of. Um, uh, uh, something that would not only you could, you know, work within that body, but also you, the work that you do, you're rewarded for it at fair price. And that's, see, that's the issue that I have, you know, like right now with the wine industry. It's, I know my, I, I, I know my skill level. I know what I'm worth. I'm not getting paid. I'm not represented. I bitch and complain about the same thing over and over again to no end. Uh, Pretty much anyone that, any business that I've aligned myself with, uh, aligned myself with, has an intention. They 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 have a certain intention, but their true intention is to, and I hate to use this word, but to pimp me as if I'm you know. Like I'm a hoe or, or, you know, like I'm their employee without paying me, you know, giving me the, not even giving, that's the wrong word. You know, taking advantage fully. That's, I mean, that's how I see it. Not, not having the, the resources to, to work within a, uh, you know, it's not really a tri-state, but Maryland, Virginia, DC in an area, or even just, just take Virginia. For, for instance, not having the resources. And when I mean my resources, I'm not saying, you know what I mean, I need the best suits, the best material and scarves and shoes and stuff like I'm talking about just gas, insurance, you know what I mean? Yeah. 401k, you know just what I mean? Security, Vision. Just job security, yeah, period. Just, just, just basic stuff I got to fight for. Therefore, I said, you know what? Fuck it. 
I'm not going to align myself up with certain people in 2017, whether they're paying me or not. It makes no difference to me because anything that I'm getting is is is. It's a shiesty business, man. It's minimal. It really is, and it, it it annoys me to no end. So it's easy for me to say, you know, I started working with a couple couple few distributors. I work as a wine broker, and and I'm juggling these different people, and they all have these these. They all have solid visions, and I get it. They all have homes, and they all have cars, and they all have families, and they're taken care of. You know what I mean? But I'm not taking care of myself, and I can't. And 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 they can't afford to, or that's at least that's what they're telling me to invest in me. But yet they want to throw the weight and the responsibility of someone uh, that is empl- under their employee, and I got an issue with that. That's pimping. You know what I mean? Go out there, get that money, you know, and bring it back to me. That that's pimping where I come from. And it, you know, some of these some of these jokers don't seem to understand. You know, it's easy for me to say, you know what? It was it was easy for me to look at at the past six months and be like, I'm I'm not happy. I'm, I'm physically and mentally not sound with these agreements. Therefore, 2017, I've made some changes. Uh, you know, closing out 2016. And I'm gonna stand by it. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. It isn't. E- it hasn't been easy That's for the true. past ten, ten plus years. <clears throat> and like you said, maybe I should. Just, maybe maybe it's not meant for me to remain in this business. That that could be. Well, the, I mean, the after the too. years that I was in it, you know, um, I kind of have that same mentality as you. Like I'm a, I'm a straight shooter. Um, I think you're a straight shooter in the business. People trust you. Um, you're good at what you do. But it's the shysty motherfuckers that make it, you know? And it's like, if you can't play that game and you just morally, you know, you're kind of against that, um, you get taken advantage of. And But we also talked about how it's like we're the ones who keep make the decision to stay in it. And if we don't change that, you know, when we know we're unhappy and it's not really, it doesn't fit, then we can only look at ourselves, you know, and make that decision and change. Um you have to kind of realize it yourself and be like, listen, this is not for me. Um, and I made that decision a few months ago, and I couldn't be happier. You know, nothing against the people that I was with or whatever, but, you know, everyone is looking out for themselves. And now that I did, I did um, finally for once in a long time, like, I really feel now I'm getting used to it and things like that. And I miss certain aspects of it. um, But in the long run, like I'm a better person being out of it and I feel better and I'm not as weighed down. Um, It's, it's just a different, I'm a different person now and I like who I am better now. It's weird when people do that and they take advantage of you or a system. Like I always get all the time, you know, when I tell them like, you know, I'm fine with commission-based business, you know, sales, sales is a, uh, it's a tough racket. Yeah. And, uh, it's a, uh, you know, it's not for everyone, but at the same time you get to a level where someone like myself and my resources and my ability to go out and go into any shop, certain restaurants in Northern Virginia and DC, Maryland, and whatever I'm selling, they're buying, you know, you, I can create a foundation for you. I've got a proven track record. Therefore, I think I'm. I, it's not that I'm entitled, but I, I deserve You're a very foundation. Experienced, Malcolm. It's not like it's not a question of entitlement. You have the right to be like, listen, I've been doing this for a very long time. I'm good at what I do, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I should get yeah, paid you, for what I do. That's right. You, if they invest in me, the the the, the thing that's hard for me is to, to convince someone. If you and everyone's, oh, you got to prove. You got to prove. I got 20 years of proven. You ask around. If you invest in me, I will invest in you and we will we will grow something very special. Yeah, but That's if, have, a if simple they haven't vision. by now. But then- when I go into these meetings and it's about I and I hear I and I get one guy, he's like, I, I want an airplane and I want this. And and I, I hear a bunch of that, you know what I mean? And then they'll kind of throw in we and team and stuff. But you can see through that. Yeah. And then I, you know, I see other people the way they do things, and it, it just it doesn't feel right. Therefore, anything that doesn't feel right anymore, uh, you know, I'm I'm drawing a line in the sand. It's just like, it ain't working. I mean, it's just it's just you know, it's fine. It, it, will everything stop because of that? No, the wine business is what it is. 
But I get tired of people saying, oh, well, that's how the wine business is done. That's how it's done. You know what I mean? You don't play, you don't pay contractors. It's all a hundred percent commission. Well, then, okay, you're going to be getting new contractors every year and not really establishing your brand as the premier brand. What do you yeah, want? But you to don't do? need to concern yourself with what no. they're not doing. You no. know what I mean? No, no. You got to look out for yourself, and that's what I keep telling you is that you're you're concerned about their business and all this stuff when they're not concerned about yours. So they could give a rat's ass. Like you know, why? Let's you you know. cut the charade. You know, I'm not into it, and it's a. Uh, oh, it's driving you crazy. It, to no end. I mean, it, so much so that you know, when other people, Adam Carolla, for instance, they called me up recently. Um, some of his uh, his people, um, and they're going through some difficulties. I'll put it lightly on the podcast mm. with uh, some of their, uh, I guess, representation through some shady stuff and you know everyone's hustling i get that and 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 everyone has a hustle i can get that but i mean they're that you know i'm i'm honored that they would reach out to me and want me to work continue to work with them on any capacity because i've always had great experiences working with them over the years and and representing uh his brand well that might be Um, a better fit for you well i mean we'll see definitely and i I'm, i'm definitely i always said you know i started Years ago, I started off with one brand, and that was Adam Carolla's brand. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to close out this year possibly <laughs> with that same one brand after representing five different distributors. But fuck it, you know. Uh, you just – you, you got to uh, – it's like you said, you got to think about yourself and and recognize when others aren't. And it's the same thing what's going on, you know, in the world. I mean, when someone's not – you know, thinking about your interests, someone's not representing you, you need to stand up. And that's the, the whole point. And that's any community, not just the black community, not just within hip hop um, and so on. You need to figure a way to create, whether that is thinking, thinking outside the box, in my case, and saying, hey, I think I should get a salary and commission and other uh, uh, incentives and rewards for, for my efforts. I think that's fair. I'm not greedy, but I just think it's fair based on the amount of time that I've been in this game and doing it at this capacity and doing it well. Just because it hasn't been done, they say that all the time. I mean, laws wouldn't be changed if we just did things because it just were. So, you know, so we have to take a stand at some point and continue to protest, even if you're the sole protester or if you find a Charlie Brown uh, uh, in your, uh, you know, in your camp to stand with you, you know. So that's what we have to do. And speaking about hip-hop, we recently, a recent documentary was released, a series. I think it's a four-part series on Netflix. I'm sure I know the internet is a buzz about it. Sorry if I'm speeding things up, but I know Miriam Tazi is on a time crunch. Uh, the uh, uh, what is it called? The evolution of the hip hop evolution is what it's called, right? Hip hop evolution. It's on what Netflix. Is the evolution of hip hop. No, I'm looking at it right oh, here. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. hip hop evolution, uh, directed by Darby Wheeler, Sam Dunn, and it says one more credit. Let's see who this is. Uh, three directors and Scott McFadden. Uh, so co-directors. Um, it's on Netflix. It basically chronicles the birth of hip hop and goes, I believe, into the '90s. <clears throat> I haven't watched the fourth episode, but it took me a, took a stroll down memory lane. What do you think, Mariam Tazi? Which you got a, a review? I see you smiling over there. Well, because I know what's going to come out of your mouth in a little bit, what? but um, just you're finding the holes in it, and I am. I appreciate it. I think it's it's done really well. I like the music that they have in it. I like. Hold the- on. Let me just say. Let me say. I I appreciate it too. I think it's great because it's got people talking. I had some young cats uh, in, in their uh, late teens uh, and twenties come up to me recently, and they were talking about and they didn't know about this. So, like I said, I told them. You're like you know, they come to you for information. Like a, You're you the know. wisdom of hip hop. Well, <laughs> she laughs. You see. <laughs> See. Well, you always tell me you're teaching me things. Um, oh, but I, mean, I like I, I, the, the, my point is hip hop didn't start with Drake. You know what I mean? And I like the fact that these these cats 
Well, in general, people need to look at the history of things, not just in hip hop, right. in life. That's, okay? that's right, Miriam Tazi, <laughs> the African with attitude, aka AWA. Okay. You know what I mean? AKA what? The co host with the most. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? But I I really enjoyed it. Um, I haven't finished it, but I so far I've been quite entertained. I like that he's got like you know interviews with the actual people and stuff. It's not just like it's dope. clips. Yeah, um, just, just but even some of the clips are the shit. Yeah, no, I, you know, I'm yeah, just like wow. Well, make but, no make no mistake about it. Any complaints? Any quote unquote as you you put it holes that I'm 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 looking at or finding uh, is basically because. And I get it as an editor, um, a, you know, somewhat of a filmmaker. You, you can only put so much in a film, uh, and, and depending on what the budgets are and what the quote unquote rules Netflix mm-hmm. uh, may have inflicted <clears throat> on on the on this team, uh, they may not have been afforded. Um, but the biggest the, the hole ability. Malcolm is concerned about. I, I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. I thought it was. I thought it's it was great. The, I, 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 love, I love the beginning. They had Busy B, Melly Mel, Cool Mo D. You know what I mean? Grandmaster Kaz. Love all that. And then they got to the golden era. You mm-hmm. know that, that that changing of the guard. I think was the mm. maybe. I think that was the title of the episode. I can't can't remember. But uh, they What's went missing? to they they started getting into Run DMC. You know what I mean? The, the whole that whole era the 80s right and they got they had the god you know what i mean because this is this is the only podcast you know what i mean blessed by who rock him that's right rock him a lot right he's he's featured on there no you know that's I love it you know what i mean i'm eating the stuff up i'm taking a stroll down memory lane you know what i mean you guys have for those that you of you listen to the podcast have probably heard me tell the story the first time i saw rock him you know what i mean on the mic, everyone else was sweating. Everyone else was yelling into the mic, and then this cool brother comes up. You know what I mean? With with, with the sweatsuit. You know what I mean? The terry cloth. You know what I mean? Sits up on the milk crate and just pr- starts rapping. And no sweat. <laughs> no sweat. You know, three cool songs in. I'm not gonna lie. Three songs in, and no sweat. <laughs> and a little young Malcolm Riddle. Was looking up, eyes wide open, and all I could see was no sweat, and I loved it. <laughs> loved every minute of it. So yeah, I love that. But then they they, they they glaze over a lot of stuff. They talk about Run DMC. They talk about Hollis. They talk about the the heroin epidemic within Queens, New York, and New York crack epidemic, AIDS. You know, they hit on certain subjects. I think they might have mentioned AIDS. I can't remember, but a lot of stuff going on in the hood. And and even you know even before that, a lot of people don't know that a lot of these MCs and a lot of these DJs would not have been able to do what they did and done if it wasn't for that great blackout mm. of New York when people did loot the people that were oppressing them. You say, well, how does that make any sense, Malcolm? How does that make any sense? It, looting is wrong. Everybody's oh, they take the high road when it comes you, when you're oppressed. When you have no ownership, I'm not going to even get into that. But when you have no, but it's o- interesting that it's not like money that was taken. It was, <laughs> it was equipment. equipment. <laughs> it was equipment, chairs. But you know what I mean, like microphone, microphone stands, right? Technique turntables, mixers. Yeah, because, because they knew they they didn't have you didn't when you when you're, when you're without stuff. When you're without stuff, you're just you're just you're just reaching out to you. You have to be in the environment to understand it. You know what I mean? When you have nothing, you know, every day, it's not your uncle that owns the hardware store. You know, there was a time when when black people did own stuff, but that was stripped. The price, the again, it goes back to the bank. Who owns? Who owned the lease of those black-owned businesses that were then you? They, they, then uh, the, they spiked the prices so they couldn't afford it, and then right. they bought it out. You know what I mean? So of course the lights go out. You know what I mean? What do you think's going to happen? The fuck? I don't. Now I'm not condoning stuff like that, but I can understand what's going down. So I like the fact that you know these that 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 that, that part of that birth they showed that 
and you got the turntables and you got these MCs were able to put on the parties and one thing led to another. And then they get to you know, the Run DMC and Creativity the Beastie Boys. coming out of that's poverty. Right, the Beastie Boys era. But then they, they, they did. They missed they missed a key thing because where they talked, they, they briefly touched the Beastie Boys. And I'm fine with, I'm, I'm okay because you can't. There's not enough time. But it is a documentary, and documentaries are supposed to fill in those go. facts. So you can't – no, but no, Miriam. <laughs> Miriam. I've heard it. You cannot jump from Run DMC, Rick Rubin, Beastie Boys to walk this way. You can't make that jump without saying one person's name. And that person's name – and a lot of people don't even know the name. There's, you're laughing, but <laughs> – no. You, you, you're laughing because the, there's a lot of people that don't know the name of Larry Smith, who produced the Fat Boys and Houdini. Oh, and I've talked go. about Houdini time and time again. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is, this is important. This is important because it wasn't Walk, Walk This Way was a commercial success. And again, I could be wrong. There's probably, you know, like Crazy Legs said when I interviewed Crazy Legs on the American Riddle podcast. Breakdancing? Yeah, I said breakdancing. He corrupt, corrected me. It, was, it wasn't called breakdancing. I always know it was called breakdancing. I didn't know it wasn't called breakdancing with the breakdancers. Who knew? But I didn't challenge him on that. All I'm saying from my perspective, all I know was Larry Smith, and look him up, Google him. If you Google it, you him, should make a documentary about on, this. On just Larry Smith, because you have to understand, Run DMC's first album, right? Right? Any samples that were used were minimal because Larry Smith was a musician. Larry Smith produced Rockbox. Larry Smith produced Houdini, the Fat Boys. Those, those musical uh, elements, melodies, right? Then spawned a walk this way, but you can't have walk this way without rock box. And you definitely can't not mention the fact it only takes two seconds to say Larry Smith and throw a picture up. It only takes two seconds to say the fat boys. You feel the passion. And even a lot of passion, even, even Houdini. You, (laughs) I mean, I'm just, you have to at least show a picture. I haven't even seen the fourth episode yet. I'm going to watch that today. I'm going to watch it today. And, and you know, I, I hear that they talk about, quote-unquote, gangster music. You, you can't talk about gangster music. Of course you're going to say N.W.A. Of course you're going to say Dr. Dre. Of course you're going to say Snoop and Tupac, Biggie. You can't say, you cannot say gangster music without saying Philadelphia, Hilltop Hustlers, Schoolie D. It's it's mind-boggling to me because one connects the other. You have to have that bridge. In the 80s, there was Schoolie D. Schoolie D is a direct influence to Ice-T's Six in the Morning. This is noted. <laughs> this, this, is, this, this is noted. This is common. This is, Ice-T himself has gone on record to say this. Okay? I'm not denying what you're saying. I just... You know, I appreciate your passion. Six in the, okay, six in. Okay, listen, Schoolie D. If Schoolie D is not in this 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 part, I, I, I'm I'm going to trip. I'm not going to get mad. I still love the documentary, people. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, sounds like it. But all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, <laughs> just breathe. Don't all get I'm saying is aneurysm. Schoolie D. Looking looking at my Gucci or or uh, Parkside or any of the songs. That, that, that he produced was a direct connection to Six in the Morning and Boys in the Hood by Eazy-E and uh, N.W.A. It's, this, it's, it's all connected. You have to have one can't exist without the other. The Philadelphia sound directly influenced the West Coast in, in some form. Now, that, that's my opinion. Who am I? I'm just some dude. Do you feel better now that you said that? They got it out there. At least the information is out there. <sighs> if somebody wants to look up Larry Smith, if somebody wants to look up Schoolie D, um, you, you, please, by all means, you, you must. <laughs> I mean, damn, you, you, you have to. You have to. You have so to. So, why do you think it was left out? I think. I think just editing. Sometimes with the editing, I know I've edited stuff before, and it's like you want something to stay in so bad. But it just doesn't make the cut. You just have to make a choice, and it's very painful. And I know this dude knows 
Houdini, Schooly D. I know he knows Steady B. I know he knows, you know, a lot of the, I know he has to know the, you have to know the fat boys. You can't just say, and I love, everyone knows Run DMC, my relationship with Run DMC. You look at me, you know what I mean? I still wear the Adidas shells. I still wear the black, you know, I was going to say black jeans, but, but black pants, you know what I mean? Bomber jacket. I mean, pretty much the outfit I wore today was Run DMC, a new version of it. I had the shell toes, the black dickies, and my bomber was a North Face jacket. That's circa 1986, all coming back. I don't know if that's good or bad, people. It keeps it real but forever. My, no, my point is that's my, that's my love. That's my influence. But you can't say that Run DMC is the, the complete um, embodiment of that su- the success of Breakthrough Commercial when you had the Fat Boys, another three-member group. The Fat Boys, produced by Larry Smith, was a, a, a huge influence to Breakthrough um, uh, television, uh, radio television, and film in the Hollywood community. Now, all of it, I can't remember. It, I'd have to you know, check online and, and, and actually, you know, put some, put some work in to see, you know, what came first, but it was all around the same time, you know, when, when, when all this happened, hence that's why it's called the, that golden era, mm-hmm. but it, they need to be mentioned. Now to answer your question, why I know time constraints, editing, uh, budget, but I mean, it, uh, not, it's not, it's not even one second to show a picture of fat boys. You can show a picture of fat boy, the fat boys, Larry Smith and Houdini in a blink of an eye. Ah, that must have been a tough decision. I'm assuming with positive intent that that's the reason. But I don't okay. know, maybe that maybe Schooly D and all those will show up. I don't know, Mariam Tazi. I don't know. Um, also, uh, but that's our thought. We, we I give it a thumbs up. Okay. At the end of the day. All right. Okay. Good. That's clear. All right. I give it mm. a thumbs up, Mariam okay. Tazi. Um, also watched a couple uh, comedies, right? Three. I watched Richard Pryor. He's on Netflix right now. Richard Pryor Live, if you get a chance to watch that. It's funny as hell and relevant to what every subject. Every subject. It was, it was brilliant. But one that I watched recently uh, with you was the Whitney Cummings special on HBO. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, just, <laughs> she's, a, she's a breath of fresh air. I was quite entertained. I watched it twice that day. Yeah, she is a breath of fresh. She tells it like it is, but it's basically stuff that, uh, like most comedians, they're just stuff that you notice, you know, uh, very common things that go on uh, within this time. I'm really impressed that you're mentioning this because you don't usually mention that that women are funny. No, so I'm, I'm quite. I think, uh, I think a lot of women are funny. Are you kidding uh-huh, me? I mean, yeah. some two of my favorite. Let's comedians, go back to a few podcasts ago, and two, it was just what like are you talking mm. about two of my favorite comedians that that influenced me growing up were Lucille Ball and Carol Burnett. Okay, hands down. I just want to go on record. <laughs> okay, I want to go on record. Well, Marian I'm Tazi. glad that you enjoyed it so much. Very much so. I've Good. talked about it. I've I've recommended it to people. It's on so HBO. If you have the HBO Go app. Check it out. Be an adult and check it out. Yeah, she's real. She tells it like it is. She pulls no punches. Yeah, I like her a lot. Yeah, she's very clever and very. She's a very good writer. Quick witted. Yeah, yeah, and makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Makes a lot of right. Yeah, for a woman. (laughs) Here we go. All right, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. And Joey Diaz. We have to mention Joey Diaz has a new. My buddy Joey Joey Diaz. Joey Diaz has been. most influential in getting this podcast up. Joey Diaz was the one that made me believe that uh, I, w- I, I could even think about or even do a podcast. Of course, I'm influenced by uh, Adam Carolla and uh, Joe Rogan, but it was Joey Diaz that made me believe. Hmm. That's a fact. There's no, I've said this before. I don't know if I've said it on, yeah, I've said it on a podcast many, many episodes ago, but uh, yeah, um, I'm, a, I'm a student. And I'm I'm from the uh, the mold of both uh, Rogan and Corolla, but it was Diaz that made me believe, and uh, you know that's uh, that's what's up. And he's on uh, CISO, so if you have Amazon, if you're an Amazon Prime member, um, or if you do want to sign up uh, for CISO, just go on uh, I think JoeyDiaz.net, I believe. Google Joey Diaz. And click on his banner for CISO and get a free subscription. There's a free uh, advertisement for Joey Diaz. But uh, uh, his humor is raw, more raw than Whitney Cummings. Probably not for everyone, uh, 
But uh, I love him to death, and it's my type of humor. And he's uh, uncut, unscripted, unedited. And he's uh, he tells it like it is. And he's brutal. What do you think? Yeah, very raw. Very raw. I'm going to take you to see him live. <laughs> I'm going to take you to see him live because he is uh, he is something else. So uh, go ahead, Mary Tazi. I know you I have to uh, you have to bounce people. Um, thanks for tuning in. We have to wrap up quick. And as always, I'm going to let Mary Tazi. Close us out. Domino, motherfucker. The American Riddle Podcast. Malcolm Riddle. I know you know I am. I'm that guy that says Domino, motherfucker. Riddle.